Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. Uh, joining me today, we have our guests, Claire Blackwood. Hello! And Cody Crane. Hey! And the movie we're breaking down this time is Into the Woods, uh, a musical fairy tale mashup. Uh, this was my first time seeing it, but what about you guys? Uh, have you guys seen this before, or apparently the, the play that it is based upon? Uh, I've uh, both. I've seen the musical, I think, a couple times. I It's one of my favorites. I love it very much. Um, and I've seen the movie three times now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're a huge fan. Or it just keeps I... coming up for some reason. <laughs> God, I just can't get rid of it. I really like it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I like the the musical better than the movie, but then that's generally the case. But I thought the movie was a really good adaptation. Okay. What about you, Cody? Um, I've definitely seen uh, the musical before. This was the first time watching the movie. Do do they so seem that different? Because it's a very musical movie. Like it seems like it's. They're not that different. Yeah, it seems very true to the musical in the sense that it it feels like a very cl- I, without even seeing the musical, it feels like it's a close adaptation. Because you wouldn't make a movie this way unless you were trying to make it like something else. It yeah, I mean, um, it's a it's a very faithful adaptation, almost to a fault. Yeah. I would argue. Um, in the sense that sometimes, and I say this with love because I really actually do like the movie a lot, it feels a little bit, not cookie cutter, but just very safe sometimes. They definitely, they definitely, uh, it was like sufficiently dark, but it was like Disney dark. It really felt to me like it was meant to be a family film. And it felt like this would kill at like a community theater with like families at it. Like they would, <laughs> the kids would go wild for this there. Oh yeah. For me, it didn't work that well as a film. Like I did not actually enjoy this very much at all. <laughs> oh, interesting. Why? Why is that? Uh, I think it's the type of musical. I'm very much the type of person who likes. I like things despite being musicals more than because they are musicals. And there's uh, and and there are musicals that I love, like Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog, one of my favorite things. I think Wicked was amazing. The producers is a lot of fun, but those ones I find have like. They have story moments and then they are forced to burst into song. Whereas this right. felt one of those ones where they talk, sing a lot, and you're never quite sure when they're in a song and when they're out of a song. They kind of do a lot of half measures. Mm-hmm. So it's less discreet when they're singing. And those tend to annoy I me. I think more. like this one, uh, too, like it was darker, uh, I think, the live presentation of it. But this really felt like basically this movie to me felt very like Sweeney Todd esque, um, except uh, the songs just weren't as catchy. I, OK, so this is a question I'll ask Claire then, because I, I feel like she will have an answer to it. And I was struggling trying to figure it out while watching this. When you bring a bunch of musical theater kids to karaoke night. <laughs> Dangerous. What is the song from this that they sing? Oh, boy. I would say, okay, I would say that there are two songs that uh, you would sing from this. You'd sing uh, On the Steps of the Palace. Okay. Which I have done. Um, <laughs> and uh, you would sing, oh, Moments in the Woods by The Baker's Wife. And it's the it's the one right after the prince kisses her and she and and he leaves. So it's like, was that me? Was that him? Did a prince really kiss me and kiss me? That one. Um, okay. Yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah. I have also sung that one. Um, so th- those two, I would say, or uh, or Little Red Riding Hood song, the to the Granny one... who was sick in bed into the woods. Da 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 da. But that that one's more 
part of like the overall beginning song because the whole beginning song takes up like 15 minutes it's a huge song i love it 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 does introduce everyone it does set up everyone's motivations pretty well um and and from yeah from the perspective of someone who thinks about wishes they all have a clear wish right from the get-go yes i i wouldn't say they're ones that if you knew magic was about to be cast are wise wishes because they're all over the place in terms of like what or they're not they're not wishing for the thing they actually want. They're all wishing for a thing that might get them the thing they actually want. Mm. Right? Like, I wish this cow would make me milk. But that's not what you want. You, what you want is to be able to keep the cow as your friend. So yeah. uh, I wish I could go to the festival. Yeah. Okay. I guess she kind of wants to go to the festival, but it feels like it's more she wants to not be in poverty and wants to possibly fall in love. And I guess the child, they want a child. But like asking for a child is a risk because, you know, maybe it's a maybe it'll be a monster child or something if there's a fairy tale wish around that's a <laughs> setup for getting grim. a terrible monster child my my favorite thing about the wishes in this is that like pretty much all of them are beget by magic for the most part uh like cinderella sings to her dead ghost mother in the tree which magically transforms her dress into a magnificent ball gown and then later in the movie she's like surprised by certain magical things like everybody's constantly being like what magic uh and there are they've been talking to witches the whole time (laughs) yeah they they are surprised when something is magic and yet they accept that yeah, that lady is a witch. She's yeah. old and weird looking. Of course, she's a witch. Everyone knows that. I mean, to be fair, though, talking about the witch, I think we can all agree that Meryl Streep is the best part of this movie. Uh, 100%. She like, gives a great she performance. Looks, she looks like an extra from a Van Halen biopic. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, she's got, like, the blue goth rock wig on, and she's just she's just having a killer time. She enters every scene with a lot of frantic energy. Like, I could begrudge it not always making sense, but she sells it regardless. Yeah. Like, she will she's come Meryl in any Street. scene. <laughs> like, I'm here. Ha ha. Yeah. I love the idea of a Van Halen biopic with a witch in the background <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and nobody out. talks about it. No one talks about it. Yeah. Never mentioned, not interacted with. Yeah. Just there's always a witch staring down dead into the lens <laughs> yeah and it's it's played by meryl streep <laughs> i mean yeah it would improve it that's for sure yeah she got paid a lot of money i'm not sure i always understood the spells though right because okay so she couldn't she had a spell that she had to cast but she couldn't touch any of the things yeah and the things the things were the things that were most arbitrary because they clearly wanted to drive the characters in the story together yeah because plot because plot yeah like a lot of the magic seems really i know magic is always contrived but like it seemed like bonus contrived because it was like a red cape. You should be able to go anywhere and buy a red cape. That's not that hard. Back then, there wasn't Amazon back then you might want to uh, think about, Maddox. Okay, well then just find another cape and there's still red dye. Yeah, we, no we dye. know that Jeff Bezos is like an ageless hag, but he didn't have <laughs> his company back then. I'm going to put forth Jeff Bezos, the witch, question mark? <laughs> hmm... Maybe. He doesn't cackle nearly enough, but he is That's evil true. enough for sure. That's true. Uh, speaking of evil, uh, my favorite is Johnny Depp as like the rejected ringleader of the local circus. I I totally forgot he was even in it until you just said that. It was just <laughs> That's escaped fair. from my brain that he was there. I feel like he plays the wolf in a way that makes it much more creepy than it needs to be. Well, and- no. 
No, it's not actually. No? Uh, because the the thing is, is that when I say that this is a very kind of like Disneyfied version of the musical, uh, the the actual Sondheim musical is is dark and sexual and weird. Like, okay, the the I... wolf is supposed to be like a gross creepy perv like um you know the the baker's wife is actually stepped on by the giant um after she actually like has sex with the prince but you can't put that in a disney film so she just kisses him a bunch you know so like (laughs) if anything johnny depp dialed it back definitely still felt like it was there like it felt like they were definitely winking heavy that this is this is johnny depp as a pedophile oh for sure i'm just saying like they they dialed it back oh wow from okay. from the original. It's good to hear that the wife died in yeah, because... some sort of a motivated way. Because having her fall for no reason out of nowhere was so arbitrary. <laughs> it was so... I was so mad when that happened. Like, I didn't, so mad. I didn't know she was dead until a character said it later. Yeah. I'm like, okay, she trips and falls. Oh, no, they're going to have to find her later, I guess. She's lost. Yeah. No, classic died off screen. But, I, but well, nope. they showed it, but then they just made it too ambiguous until they say it outright later. Which felt like, like, that's one of the things that felt very play-like to me. Like, I assumed that they had to do that because, like, you couldn't show someone falling to their death in theater because someone would die. So I assume they did an off-screen death. But you're saying, no, they did something much more horrific in the stage version. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, the mom of Jack dies more horrifically, too, in the stage version. Yeah, she was pushed. Oh, yeah, does she? lately by a guy. I know. She gets beaten to death by that guy with his like staff or whatever. <laughs> well, at least that makes more sense than lightly being pushed. <laughs> yeah, what what you've never died from being lightly pushed Maddox? Wow, you, privilege. You much. might be surprised to hear this. I've never died at all. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa. Yeah. I've, I've I've led a blessed life. Um, but Jack's mom was played by my good friend Tracy Allman, my best friend. <laughs> oh yeah, close personal. Uh, well, she she comes into the restaurant I work at a lot. And I've, I've served her multiple times. Oh, okay. So we're pretty <laughs> oh, much wow. best friends now. We've had... That, that makes you yeah, best we've friends. we've had a lot of deep discussions. Like, I once served Mads Mikkelsen uh, honey sesame chicken at Jack Astor's, and I mean, we're basically that BFFs That makes sense now. to me. I'm, I'm very jealous of that. He was pretty cool. Cody, has she ever slapped you upside of the head just for as a sign of affection? Yeah, I didn't know what that meant until I watched this movie. Right. Now I realize that it was a sign of <laughs> I mean, I've had her arrested for assault <laughs> multiple times, but now yeah. I see. And Claire, has uh, Matt Mickelson ever, you know, stared at you so much that he started bleeding from one of his eyes as a sign of affection? Uh, you know what? Maddox, a girl can dream. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're getting there, but it's just... It... Yeah, we're, we're building that trust okay. in that relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think... I don't diss any of the performances in this. I think the performances were all pretty strong. Uh, James Corden's a little... Suck. James Corden is fine. <laughs> he's just no, but I, I I say that in agreement with you. Like he's just he's there. He he does the job, yeah. you know. But like you paired him against the like effervescent and wonderful Emily Blunt, and like for there's no competing. The with only her. reason why I say that he doesn't, he hardly does the job. And why I called him out was because he's like the main focus of this movie. Which he has no business mm. being. <laughs> See, I, I always have less expectations of a protagonist because I always kind of figure the protagonist is just the the audience perspective that is often somewhat a blank slate that just sort of stumbles between things. Less expectations than what he set for you. So he he met my <laughs> you know basic. 
he's just a protagonist. He's not he's not supposed to be special. He's supposed to be just sort of a a, a vessel we ride along to meet the more interesting characters. I would argue that um, in musical theater, the rules are okay. different for that. So what what more should he have put in that character then? What would you have expected? I'm going to let you take this because you brought it up. <laughs> you agreed with him, though. You you seem to say the rules were different. So, and you've seen a lot of play versions well, I mean, of this. So, what extra? I don't know. I just I, I just to sound incredibly unfair. It's kind of hard to pinpoint it. Um, it's just like you either have it or you don't. And he just didn't quite have the presence. Yeah, I, um, and that's not necessarily true in film too. Like, uh, who are you watching Die Hard for? You're watching it for Bruce Willis. You're watching The Big Lebowski for the dude. You yeah. know? Like, be interesting, man. There are movies where that's the case, and there's movies where it isn't. But, yeah. But uh, I guess this could have been. too. Like, are you watching for Kanicki? No! You're watching for Danny Zuko, baby! Okay. Sorry, James Gordon. You should have been better then. I guess we all yeah. agree. You could have done Honestly, better. Honestly, he should have. Yeah! I definitely don't call him a standout. Yeah. yeah, with the people he was against. I just didn't... I was, yeah, I thought he was fine. I, I just didn't... Uh, expect much of him i guess <laughs> he, he was probably that's, the that's worst fair. one in the movie mm. 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 do we got if we I, have I would pick a worst i would say i mean it's mean to pick a worst but i i i do i mean he was the he was the least interesting i think for sure uh i mean when you're in a movie with like christine baranski that's gonna be hard like that that's uh i love her so much i totally forgot that she played the stepmother and then when she came on skate like and when she came on screen i like visibly right. cheered <laughs> it was amazing uh but yeah i mean i like to corden's credit it's hard to be like i mean he it was a hard bar to reach considering he's very just kind of like he's there james corden is there as a performer as an actor as a like all of these things i've never really considered him anything particularly special and sorry james corden that sounds mean i don't really mean it to be like overly harsh it's just like again when you're working with Johnny Depp, Emily Blunt, like all of these amazing people. It's a, I can understand it's a little bit hard for him to stand out. Chris Pine might have overhammed it for me, actually. If we're, if we are going to get, you wanted that ham? You wanted that much ham? That is, I mean, to be fair, that is the whole purpose of the princes. Like they were, they were written that way. They are written very deliberately. Like, yeah, they, they, they are my favorite part of this movie by far. Like agony is, far and away like the most true to the original show like it's so fucking good i love it so much because rapunzel's prince i was like okay he's he's hammy but he still seems to be in the same tone as everyone else whereas chris pine ha 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 oh no his and like it was hard his stuff is written that way it was hard to see a real person there at all because he was just like you're not supposed to that's the thing um yeah like like he's there's a reason why you never really get to know anything about him um he's he's playing more of a facsimile of a like like a prince charming kind of character where you're just supposed to see how kind of vapid and uninteresting he is but he's really pretty yeah like all of his lines are very specifically you know even in the like anything can happen in the woods would you kiss me and like the the constant back and forth where he's given like no emotional time to shift between his like no we can't do this and yes we will for humor's sake and that's that's very deliberately okay. written uh, and yeah he's totally meant to be just like an idiot so you're happy that you think chris Pine sold it way because more of how much of an idiot he is mm-hmm. oh yeah i wanted i wanted more body like more um 
shirt ripping. I wanted like all of the posing on waterfalls, like all of that. All of that was amazing. Okay. As long as it worked for someone. Yeah. And, well, Maddox, I will uh, say this too, because I really want all of us to say that James Corden's the worst in the movie. Okay. Um, so for James Corden too, I'm well, pretty sure he's known as two things, right? He's a talk show host. So that's charisma. Also, he's a musical theater mm. performer, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. before talk show host. So this is a person coming into this who you would think as a lead would have charisma and be a musical theater performer. Expectations should mm. be at least high. I mean, like these are all the things you do and you did a bad job. I think his charisma is not the same type of charisma you expect from a leading man. Like his 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 late night host charisma is like the friendly let's open up to him type of charisma, not the like I'm commanding a room charisma. Which is maybe reverse, why it didn't work here, right? Like he's I would reverse the role, put Chris Pine in the lead and uh put uh, James Gordon as the handsome prince. Uh, <laughs> I don't not sure he's convincing that'd be enough interesting. there either, yeah. Uh, but it would be funny. No. <laughs> it would be funny in a different way, yeah. Him unbuttoning his shirt and the other guy struggling to compete? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was happy with the uh, consistency of uh, the wish, because I thought I had caught them for a second when they'd got Rapunzel's hair as one of the things, and then I'm like, well, you should touch that like a million times. It's like her daughter's hair. And they did remember that. Mm. So there was consistency with the rules, even though I kept on thinking they didn't. They were arbitrary as hell, but they were at least consistent. <laughs> That's true. I totally forgot about that. Um, the whole like she can't touch it because I don't think it was ever explained. Oh no! It was just here are the rules. I'm shouting them at you in a song. These are the rules. The rules are here. Go <laughs> fulfill them. <laughs> and you're like, yes, Meryl Streep. Yes, yeah, I'm I like, will. Oh, okay, whatever. She came in. She said things. Please, may I have some more? Yeah. She became the hero of the movie when uh, there was that one song where they were all blaming each other. It was like, it's your fault. I forget how it went. Oh, I love that song. So it's your fault. No, it's your fault. It isn't mine at all. I hated it in this movie. Like, it just was so annoying. Oh. So when Meryl Streep yells stop, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm following you for the rest (laughs) of this, baby. Okay, actually thing i didn't understand was there a tar pit there or did she make it or she made it okay and the, but she died in it too or it's unclear <laughs> Wh- you're not supposed to know <laughs> she's okay. a witch it's i magic. would explain everything in this movie to be flawless because there's magic yeah exactly my constant thought was like well i guess magic's weird makes shit happen shit is happening i don't understand the why the whim or the reason, but there's definitely things happening, and it's definitely because of magic. Wow, lots of stuff. <laughs> so, so much stuff. It. Such magic. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, her, she, she destroyed The Last Midnight. Like, I've never been a crazy fan of The Last Midnight, but like, mm, Chef's Kiss, it's amazing. She definitely, yeah, she definitely sang it well. I just was very confused when she suddenly disappeared. I'm like, oh, did they win? Did they beat her? Or no one really wins. And none of these people are really good. And I kind of, that's that's kind of what I like about it. Like, when they're talking about killing the giant, they, you know, she has this conversation about, like, Little Red Riding Hood's just kind of like, is this the thing we're supposed to be doing? Like, like technically, this giant is just getting back at Jack for stealing all her shit. And killing her husband. Like, the, the and, murder is, and, is the most important And killing her husband. Yeah. And so we're supporting these people who were killing this, you know, 
this this woman who's been horribly wronged, they bring it up and they're like, ah, make your own decision. Oh, I guess she's dead. Like, and and so I mean, at the end of this, these people are kind of left with like half lives, and none of them are really good people. And and I. I don't know. I kind of like that. I do like moral complexity, but I do normally like liking people. And I'm not sure if I was convinced to like any of the characters specifically because because of the them all being at least making one sort of unforgivable thing, pretty much. Uh, Jack. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack. Jack seems kind-hearted, but he's also does not think through the consequences of his actions on others. That's a yeah, thing. That's right? a kid. He's a kid, and. He'll probably grow up to be yeah. fine. You know, as long as he has some basic guidance from a parental figure. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. It's James Corden. <laughs> and Little Red Riding Hood seems very eager to stab someone. She, so she's she's got some serial killer vibes to her for sure. Mm-hmm. You have Cinderella. She's she's pretty nice. Yeah, I don't think... I like Anna I Kendrick. Like Anna Kendrick. And I don't think she does... I'm trying to think. Does she do anything wrong? Not really. She's... I mean, like... I think she could have done more with the character uh, as somebody who loves the character. I meant more of, did the character do anything wrong? And I think mostly just that it was just weird to constantly show up at a ball over and over again and then run away and allow your stepsisters to get like mutilated without, instead of just, you know, stepping forward and being like, it was me. Oh, (laughs) well, they're terrible. Why did you, why did you try to do that? Okay. I like how they lost their eyes. (laughs) And yeah. And then the birds picked up their eyes. Cause I don't know. Why not? <laughs> well, that, I mean, again, that's that, you know, like hearkening back to that's I'm pretty sure what happened in Grimm's fairy tales. Oh, is that, oh that's in the original. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, they didn't change a lot. It is nice that this takes like the darker fairy tales or like those darker stories. I mean, yeah. there are there's most of the original Grimm's are pretty dark. Yeah, we're just used to the, sort of the Disney versions to start with. So then we sometimes forget that like most of them involve someone being thrown in an oven or dashed to bits or someone dies i remember that's what made this one cool when i was in high school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we were i mean like so you were comparing it to disney in your mind because you weren't thinking back to the original well yeah we we're like oh like we're going to this one as a field trip and it's gonna get pretty dark <laughs> <laughs> and, oh yeah and i mean cool as a group of musical theater kids going on a field trip <laughs> Hey, that is the epitome of cool, and I will not hear anything else about it. As a former musical theater kid and band geek. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. What are some of the cooler things when it's staged? When it's not done with special effects, what are some of the things that are like the big set pieces? Like, is the giant just show up as a giant foot and everyone's carrying it with staged hands behind it with sticks? Or do people, do, do birds get thrown at people like snowballs? How? <laughs> oh boy, it's it's been a while. For the birds, I'm fairly certain like they're on wires generally. I think it would really depend on the budget of the theater company. Yeah, this is one that I really, it does, I know that I saw it, but it doesn't stick out in memory. Like, I mean, when I saw like West Side Story at Stratford as a field trip or uh, like Cabaret, like those ones are sticking out so well to me. And this one uh, just didn't, um, it doesn't stick for me as much as the others. Oh, yeah, that's where I saw this. I was trying to remember where I saw this musical and it was we at Stratford. might have been at the same uh, production. <laughs> Possible. It wasn't at the festival stage. It was at the, I think it was the Avon. I think I might have been at that one. I don't know. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look through my log. The very same day. So much earlier. 
Mm-hmm. All the years. Yeah, I want to see this staged by like a middle budget. <laughs> like they have enough for like paper mache and stuff, but they don't have enough for like wires or uh, like any oh. pyrotechnics or anything like that. I just want like. Well, I feel like Stratford's not like it's a good budget, but it's it's not going to give you like fireworks. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Be- beyond like beyond going to Broadway and all that kind of stuff, I don't really know where else you'd get a theater company with That's the budget that Stratford has. I want has. like they had two hundred dollars for s- costumes oh, and that, special that's, effects. That's not middle budget, <laughs> or I don't know, like yeah. under a thousand for sure. Because in my head, I was thinking like middle budget. You know, like maybe like Mervish or something like that, or something like, like that. Like compared to Broadway, paint and they paid. Like they borrowed costumes, but they all fit good. It sounds like you want like a kids production <laughs> of, the... of this. But like, but like good actors. Yeah, like none of the actors, actors are paid. But I just want good actors who no, who I want aren't them paid. No, I want the actors paid. I want the props and set to be like cardboard and stuff because they don't have anything better. That's what I want. Oh, so the two hundred dollars. So you want a very ethical? Yeah, exactly. It's going to the actors. What if what an ethical theater company? <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's what I want out there. I've been... You know what, Maddox? Me too. I wish I could see more theater yeah. companies paying their actors. But this is two hundred dollars for a large ensemble cast. <laughs> That's true. You could probably get some double casting. I'd be fine with it. Switch some hats. Yeah, you could switch. You yeah. could have uh, some switching of hats in this. There's room for that. You know what? Just have one person playing the baker's, uh, the baker and his <laughs> wife. I'd pay I for that. Thinking, you know cool. what? Let's get the baker and the prince be the same guy, but in a different hat. <laughs> that you know? Yeah, that's true. Pull, uh, pull an Outlander. <laughs> And then, and then it doesn't even. It feels weirder when the cheating happens because it's the same person, but it's yeah. clearly a different character. Yeah, exactly. And you're sitting in the audience, being like, "You should know." Well, it makes sense that she's attracted to him because she looks just like uh, her husband. Exactly. And then it's then it's even kind of flattering. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly what Sondheim was going for. Truly, yeah, all I read along. the subtext. I got through to this. I figured it out. <laughs> what makes all of these people look? If they better? all look the same, one one cast, one guy. One man show, you can do it. Oh, I know there's a lot of duets in this. Oh, you know what? Somewhere out, somewhere out there, there is a man attempting to do a one man into the woods. Somewhere out there, I don't say I'll enjoy it, but I want to see it. I want to see Cody do it. You do, you do it at Fringe next year, dude. I will be first in line. You'll be only in line. (laughs) That's true. I will be. Somewhere, Glenn Sumi just raised his head and was like, "Oh." Uh, anything else you guys want that like stands out about this that you feel like people need to know? You got strong opinions? The fact that Rapunzel has an American accent. <laughs> that stood out to you? Yes. It bothered me. They all had different British accents otherwise. Yeah. And then there's just like Modely Blonde in the tower, uh, who at least is given more to do in the musical, uh, in the movie, because in the musical, all she does is just do that. <laughs> like that's pretty much literally her whole job. Um, so she, she's given a little bit of agency in this. That's nice. Um, but yeah, she has a, she has an American accent. Made no sense. I'm like, just, just have this person do a British accent. All right. Let, let me dare to try to make it make sense. Great. She was raised in a tower. Yes. So she only ever talked to her mom. And I guess like once she hit puberty, the prince came along and found her recently. Yes. So maybe, maybe she had like some music and that's how she learned her accent. And everyone sounds North American when they sing. Well, do you think she was listening so, to an iPod? Yes. Or a, a phonograph, like an old phonograph, mm. like a, a crank one. Like if you're going to leave someone alone in the tower, you should give them like 
vinyl or phonographic podcasts or something to listen to. Mm-hmm. So here's how even if I she's would a horrible witch, it. Um, there must have been some podcast in there. The actor that plays Rapunzel just couldn't do a British accent. <laughs> That's well, how then I'd explain don't it. hire that actor. Do you think they hired her and go like, oh, she'll figure it out, and then she didn't figure it out, and they're like, you know what, never mind. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I feel like that's the most logical explanation. Because I'm fairly certain... Did Meryl Streep have a have a dialect in this movie? It's hard to tell because she was going witch yeah. voice the whole time. So it's hard to tell if it was British witch voice or North American witch voice. Because <laughs> he was just... Ah, I, think, ah. I think it was just witch voice. Mm. It was transatlantic yeah. witch voice, I think. <laughs> transatlantic witch voice sounds like something I want to put in my special skills in my acting resume. <laughs> Be a good band name, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is my big hot take on this uh, movie, if you're if you're ready for it. I am. Uh, I would say that if you are thinking about watching this movie, just watch Sweeney Todd instead. That's what I would say. Same uh, type of era for as, wa- as far as like all these dialects are going. Uh, more gruesome, so you get darker than what this is giving you. It's less poppy. The songs are catchier, but still that spoken voice. It's just, it's it's a better version all around. Oh, yeah. Sweetie Todd is in my top, I think, three favorite musicals of all time. Uh, and it's like, I mean, if we're going to, like, if um, instead of doing this, do this, I would say instead of wa- watching either of those things, go see Sweeney Todd, you know, in person because I actually didn't like the movie very much. Really? Uh, I didn't because, and this is getting off topic. So I will like, I, I will just say, I think the most important part of Sweeney Todd is the, uh, the chorus. Mm. Um, and they took it out completely. Right. Uh, and it ruined the movie for me. But anyway, it's a great movie. If you don't know the original, musical which i have done and been in and love so i feel like i would only ever watch this movie again if like i had like a creepy nephew or niece <laughs> like it's just a little bit creepy because i think they would really like it like it's a little bit too dark for like a full disney treatment for a kid but if the kid's already a little bit dark i feel like they just love this and then i could be a cool like uncle i like how this is predicated on you having a creepy nephew <laughs> I mean, he's too young right now, but, you know, a couple of years, he may yeah. end up being creepy. Yeah, and if, if he so, starts talking <laughs> to himself a bit, you know. Yeah. Especially if he sings to himself in a, a creepy voice. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, all right, you like singing. You like being a little bit creepy. I know the film for you. Uh, it's Into the Woods. Like, uh, if, if, you, if, if your nephew starts singing to himself in creepy voices in his room, I, I've seen... I've seen enough horror movies to tell you what's going on, and the answer is fire. I'm going to try holy water first. I mean, I still love well, my nephew. That's fair. Uh, Maddox, I'll, uh, I'll tell you this. My niece, uh, she talks to herself and once stole my sister's keys and said that the man without a head in her room told her to do it. Oh, my God. In which I've never definitely been her around her again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Family ties yeah. aren't that strong. <laughs> no. Yeah, she'll yeah. love Into the Woods. I'll, I think she's the great. I'll she's suggest it. The target demo. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and I don't think I would ever uh, go to Meryl Streep's wish, uh, witch for wishes. Like, I think she did a great job, but I think as a wish granter, I don't think she's too arbitrary. The pricing is too strange. <laughs> I don't think I'd go for her to get wishes. You think that they're too left field of prices for <laughs> for it to be worth it? They're just too arbitrary. I don't know. She's, she's, she's not got... asking for like my firstborn child or like a neuter, like my left thumb or something like that. 
I didn't say the price was too high. I said the price was too arbitrary. Like imagine if you went to, you know, the convenience store and you're just trying to buy a package of cereal. Like you're trying to buy, buy a box of cereal or something. And they're like, I need to have three nickels, one penny. And it's from 1986. The strings out of your shoes and that man's hat. <laughs> You'd be like, I, I don't know. Not worth it. No, it's not. It's not worth the confusion. Like it's not even that expensive, but I don't want to go through all that. That's fair. I mean, if you were to have one wish, uh, you would wish for Amazon to be in existence, and then everything would be much easier about her future no, wishes. No, it's an evil company. <laughs> I, yeah, but I need the convenience. I need it if this witch is going to be asking me for all these things all the time. We could wish that we owned Amazon, and then it could be in existence, and we could fix it. That's we could fair. Make the the prices better for the you know pay better wages. No, I'd make them worse. <laughs> Safer work environment. <laughs> You'd make them worse. Wow, wow, wow! Guess we found our evil nephew. <laughs> You're, you, you were the evil nephew yeah, all medic, along, show Cody. Me the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it your way. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me, and we'll have another movie to review soon. Well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod, email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com, join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Claire Blackwood, you can follow her on Twitter at Claire Blackwood or her sketch duo at Those Whiskey Kids. Or visit her website, claireblackwood.com. For more Cody Crane, you can follow him at CoCrane on Twitter, listen to his improvised scary story podcast, Spooked, or his Survivor recap podcast, Merge Boot. This is a Kicks and Giggles entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at the Sonar Network. Dot com. So, what would you wish for? This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! So, you just got done listening to the new episode of this podcast, and now you're looking for another one to get into. I know what you're thinking, but Cody, the new podcast I want to get into is an improvised comedy with a horror theme. Well, guess what, little podcast fiend? You're barking up the right alley, because I'm one of the hosts of Spooked, the improvised scary story podcast where it's never scary and sometimes a story. Now you're thinking... Wow, that sounds awesome, but where do I find that? Well, the same place you found this one, thesonarnetwork.com. You click on it, you listen, and get ready to get spooked. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Locke. Thank you for allowing me to drip into your ears like some sort of sentient syrup goo from Mars. This is an invasion. I'm here to promote my new 
podcast, Happy Good with Chris Locke. Subscribe to it now because it will make you feel good. It's about forgetting all the craziness, the nonsense, the stress, and we relax together and laugh. It's a silly stream of consciousness guided meditation to make you feel good, and it's on Sonar Network. Listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts or on Sonar Network, but subscribe and come along with me because it will be fun. Thank you.